0: What's good. Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. And if this is your first time checking me out, please subscribe, please share, and uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, got some great things coming up. So, on this late night stream, got some different topics to, to talk about. We're going to kick things off with the Bucks versus the Suns. Um, it was a game for the ages. I think the last three games between the Bucks and the Suns were the best games of the series so far. So we're going to kick things off with um, how the game went yesterday. So I'm watching the game, and I'm pretty much thinking, you know what? I had bucks in six, you know, and um, matter of fact, I still got to call out Louis T. So um, I've hit him up. Louis T is not responding. So I'm going to have to take it to Twitter and uh, hit him up because I told him, watch out for the bucks way early in the series. And, you know what I'm saying? bucks pulled it off but when you look at the game devin booker was tired you know he shot 22 times he made eight shots he was zero for seven from three when was the last time devin booker went zero for seven from three you know and even five assists he was a minus 15 on a plus minus i really don't care about that but that's just what the stats say and then chris paul you know this was his last i don't want to say his last chance at a ring but it could be his last chance at a ring. You know, he shot 19 times, made 11 shots. Chris Paul was very efficient. And that second quarter, he caught fire and literally almost had Phoenix win this game. Because in that second quarter, Phoenix scored 31 points to 13 for the Bucks. So Chris Paul was amazing. DeAndre Ayton, who they say, oh, he's like the next Shaq or whatever. He was terrible. You know, he had 12 points, six rebounds. And he he really didn't even do anything to really impact the game on both sides. Hey, what's good? Third down, man. Welcome to the stream, man. Uh, testing out some new stuff here. He says, uh, you have to start off with Steven Montez instead. Now nah, we're gonna get to Washington football, and we're not talking about Steven Montez, bro. Uh he said CP3 never getting the ring, sad to say. Well, I'm gonna get to a point in this stream where i'm gonna talk about some possibilities where chris paul can actually go to and possibly have some success so we're gonna get to that later on in the show um he says uh chris paul to the lakers next year man you were jumping the gun and that is one of the teams that i i you know i felt that you know chris paul can go to and possibly have success oh ladarius what's up man welcome to the stream third down welcome to the stream so um Getting back to the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, he, he, he was horrible. You know, four for 12 from the field. That's horrible. Six rebounds in 36 minutes. What they were able to do to DeAndre Ayton was they can go big, they can go small. There was a lineup where they had Giannis, Lopez, and Bobby Portis out on the floor. And it's funny because the Bucks bigs can stretch the floor. You know, that's the crazy part of the whole thing. The Bucs can stretch the floor. The Bucks can can play small. Mikel Bridges. There was a game he had twenty-seven points, and I said it. I said this guy will never score twenty-seven points again, and he had seven. Crowder. I got to give it to Crowder. Crowder has just been an enforcer and a sniper from three. But he was two for nine yesterday. Fifteen points, thirteen rebounds. That's a big man type number. Like look, these are the numbers that you was expecting out of DeAndre Ayton instead of Crowder. Crowder shot four for eleven overall. Uh, had four steals. So when you look at Phoenix. They just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough. Um, I've been saying it. Phoenix is good, but they're not great. They're not a great team. There's nobody on Phoenix that you can put the ball in their hands and they can take over the game. Devin Booker has tried. Devin Booker has done it through the entire playoffs, but he's tired. You know, he's tired. He's done all he can. And when you look at the bench for the Phoenix Suns, Cameron Payne had 10 points. And I think most of those points came in that second quarter. Why was he pulled from the game? You can play a lineup of Cameron Payne, Chris Paul, and you can remove a Bridges and just go smaller. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got to play Booker at the three and get Cameron Payne in there because Cameron Payne was their best offense. It was a time when Chris Paul was not scoring, and it was all Cameron Payne. So um, it's just crazy to me, um, you know, how things worked out, how things, you know worked out or you know didn't work out for these guys ladarius says let me read your comment it says manny why does the media always have to say dumb blank when someone new wins now broussard and skip are saying that the 2020 lakers was a super team but everyone killed the killed the roster when they first got together yeah And you're right. You're right. Uh, That is a dumb statement by Broussard and Skip Bayless, two dummies. Those are two guys that I don't respect in the sports world, and those guys are always talking from their backside. How can you say the Lakers team last year was a super team when who was the starting point guard last year? Okay, LeBron played point. Rondo was coming off the bench. They only had one point guard in Rondo. Okay, you had Avery Bradley who didn't go into the bubble, and you have that a whole bubble thing, Mickey Mouse ring, all that bull crap. Now nah, we're not, you know, we're not having that. Every time somebody new wins, it's always some BS. Like even now, they're disrespecting the Bucks. They're saying that the Bucks didn't really deserve this because of injuries. It just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And we're gonna get into the Bucks uh, box score in a minute, but yeah, you know, Brusaw and Skip, they're crazy. You know, if anything, you can say the Lakers had a Better team this year than they had last year. So you can't say that it was a super team. What was super about the team last year? They had a lot of good veterans in Dwight Howard and Rondo. Those were the difference makers, right? For us last year. This year, Lakers said, you know what? We're going to play faster. We're not going to have a lot of the bigs that, because the bigs that they had last year were not threats on offense. But this year, you had Gasol who can stretch the floor. And then you had uh, Dwight Howard who was, uh, I mean, um, sorry, Andre Drummond, who came in and just didn't fit into the system. So you can't say last year was a super team. If anything, you can say the Lakers added Dennis shooter and Montrezl to the squad this year. And you can say this, this year's team is more of a super team than last year's. But even then, what makes either one of the squads, 2020 and 2021 Lakers squad super teams? nothing you got LeBron and AD and a bunch of role players it's a bunch of role players so I don't agree with that statement Ladarius, but thanks for bringing that to my attention but you like you look at the Bucks, and I'm gonna go player by player from the least to the best the Bucks. my bad ESPN is trying to get me ESPN is trying to get me but um Yeah. And this is why I don't like ESPN's box score because they'll always try to run that video on you. Uh, but, anyways, when I go from the best, from the least to the best on the Bucks, I gotta say Pat Cunnington. Okay. Bucks were seven deep, and every all the seven guys on the Bucks you know, they had seven guys who pretty much produced at a high level for them. You got Pat Cunnington. Pat Cunnington was averaging like 11 points a game, shooting 50% from the field before the game yesterday. Let me me read this comment real quick because this is pretty funny. Ladarius says, Jay Crowder got to feel sick. Did all that clowning on LeBron just to lose back-to-back finals, and that made me feel great. As a Lakers fan, I enjoyed watching Jay Crowder lose once again he's a good player but he's annoying so i was so happy to see him lose but back to what i was saying pat cunnington he didn't have a good game yesterday he was over four he was jacking up some shots he had zero points but he was a key piece for the bucks because when they struggled for shooting when guys like drew holiday struggled pat cunnington was that steady in force he was that steady in guy that can come up and you know knock down that big three that they needed he but he did have eight big rebounds yesterday You know what I'm saying? Bobby Portis. That's another one of their top guys. He had 16 points off the bench and he was six for 10. He was literally the X factor. You know, he outperformed every bench player that the Phoenix Suns had. When you combine the points, Bobby Portis was the bench for the Bucks. Now you get to the next most important guy. Well, going from least to great. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker had zero points, but guess what? He had six rebounds, and he made things tough for Devin Booker. And this was the game that actually P.J. Tucker won in terms of the matchup. You know what I'm saying? Every single time um, when your guy goes off, uh, Booker, people try to climb P.J. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker did his thing. Um, Adrian Walker, welcome to the stream. Appreciate you. If this is your first time, please subscribe and please like it says number one defense. Yeah, the Bucs definitely have the number one defense. And I and I kept saying that. I kept saying that. I kept saying that the Bucs, this is the difference between the Bucks and every other team that was in the playoffs. Ladari um, says Bobby was hooping, and that's a fact. That's a fact. But P.J. Tucker did his thing. I was proud of him. You know, he stepped up in a big way. Uh, he was able to give them that defensive presence. Just imagine a lineup of Giannis, uh, Middleton, Drew Holiday, who was first team all defense. So you have two guys first team all defense, and Middleton, a steady and improving defender, and then PJ Tucker. That's a nice starting five. And then Lopez, who can clean up, you know, the paint with his with his long length and ability. But PJ Tucker zero points, but played great defense. And Then you have Lopez. Next guy on the list, he had ten points. There was a point in the game where he had that slam dunk, and the crowd went crazy. And momentum was just everywhere surrounding Brooke Lopez. Brook Lopez was doing his thing left and right, and that was literally the difference of that game. Was was that was the impact that that Brooke Lopez brought to the table? Now the next most important guy, you know, going from least to great is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, although He's annoying. He annoys me because he plays great, then he plays bad. He plays great, then he plays bad. He shot four for 19 from the field, literally shot Phoenix back into the game. But he had 12 points. He did have nine rebounds, and he did have 11 assists, so almost a triple-double, but these are Ben Simmons-type numbers. I mean, we are starting to get to a point that we're not even impressed with triple-doubles anymore just because everybody is doing it. I'm not saying that that it's easy to do, but I mean, come on. But Drew, look, Drew Holiday is an elite defender and he defended beautifully yesterday. He did have four steals as well and he did create for others, so you can't ask for more. Chris Middleton is that next guy, you know. And he has 17 points, but Chris Middleton, I call him Chris Clutch Middleton. This guy made Shot after shot after shot after shot. The guy was just clutch, man. So I just call him clutch, clutch middleton. Um, he had 17 points, but he hit that big shot towards the end. That shot was as big as Kyrie's shot versus Golden State. It was that it was that next level type of shot. And he's just been he's been the closer for them. Now we gotta get to the most important guy, and it's Giannis Atitacumbo, who when he goes to Phoenix, he can't shoot free throws. Because they're counting one, two, three, four, five, and so on and so forth, and he continues to miss those free throws. Let me read. Let me let me read Ladarius's comment. He goes, "I'm glad that the Bucks got this ring because we all know uh them and the Suns won't be back, especially if everybody's come back." As- absolutely, absolutely. This was a great chance for one of these two teams to win the ring, and I don't think that neither the Suns or the Bucks get back to the finals. Now the Bucks have more of a chance to make it because they have a great player in Giannis. But let me get back to uh let me get back to what Giannis did real quick. So Giannis had 50 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, okay? This dude shot 17 for 19 from the free throw line. He missed that other free throw, so he will not so he I don't think Giannis won the 51 points. I think he won the 50 so he can order the uh, like like the 50 pieces of uh, nuggets <laughs> from Chick-fil-A today. The dude is crazy, man. But, yeah, Giannis had an amazing game, and he put the team on his back. 50 points, 14 rebounds. Those are Shaquille O'Neal type numbers. To be honest, Giannis and Middleton reminded me of Kobe and Shaq yesterday in terms of the impact and how the game went. Giannis was, you know, dunking the ball, doing his thing, being dominant in the paint. And Middleton was just the closer for them. That's just kind of what it reminded me of. Ladarius says, no lie. I'm starting to think that Middleton has better MIDI than Kawhi and DeRozan. I can agree with that statement. I can agree with that statement. Matter of fact, I was talking to somebody about this same topic yesterday, and we were saying that hey, you know, Kyrie has an awesome mid-range, Chris Paul has an awesome mid-range. But Middleton, man, I think Middleton has turned to elite. I think that Middleton was an overrated player. They gave him so much money, and I judged him. I judged him. I didn't know nothing about the guy, and I judged Middleton, but Middleton was literally the reason why they won this game. I mean, without Middleton, the Bucs don't win. The Bucs needed somebody that can close, and we all know that we cannot trust Drew Holiday. We cannot trust Drew Holiday at all. (laughs) We know he's a great defender, but when it comes to offense, it's like he got to the Bucs and forgot how to score you know he 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 got to the bucks and forgot how to create. Ladarius is asking. He says, "Do you think AD can be that aggressive like Giannis, or is he too fragile?" No, AD can definitely look. Make no mistakes about it. When AD is healthy, he's one of the best players in the world. Matter of fact, I've seen more more dominating um, games from AD than I have from Giannis. Like what Giannis is doing now. Yes, he has the two MVPs, but what I saw yesterday was like the best game I've ever seen from Giannis in his life. And you know why? Because of the free throw shooting. The free throw shooting is what set Giannis apart. When you make 17 free throws, that's a lot of points. You almost got 20 points just from free throws alone. So that's something that AD can definitely do. And I've seen AD dominate for 45 and 15, 45 and 20. We've seen these dominant games. And I think AD can be that kind of player in the playoffs. And then you got to realize, can AD lead a team? We don't know. We've seen what he did with the Pelicans, you know, horrible franchise, horrible situation. So I get all that. But I definitely think that AD is on that same type level. Now, of course, we'll never know until LeBron is – Is gone from the Lakers, and AD is literally leading this team. So, but Giannis is special. His skill set is amazing. He does things that regular humans can't do. You know, so when you look at the whole situation, AD can be a Giannis type player in terms of in terms of production, but only time will tell. But overall, great game for the Bucks. Great win for the Bucks. They deserved it, and now we can kind of get into. Chris Paul. Is he leaving? Can he, does he opt out of that deal? I think he he's earning over $40 million this year. If he, if he keeps that deal, but we're going to see, does Chris Paul really care about winning or does Chris Paul care about his money? He's, he's always been about his money. Chris Paul had plenty, plenty chances to go somewhere and, you know, win and be you know have a chance to win. When he left the Clippers, which the Clippers was a good situation, even though he kept losing and losing and losing, went to Houston for two years. I felt that the Houston Rockets could have definitely gotten to the finals if Chris Paul never got hurt. So that didn't work out there. And now they sent him to OKC to rot. And he took that team to the playoffs and had that team as a top five team, a team that we didn't see going to the playoffs. So now... You know, somehow, some way, he finds his way to Phoenix. I just felt like I don't think Chris Paul knew that they can accomplish this in Phoenix. I think he probably saw two young up-and-coming stars and said, you know what? It's Phoenix. It's a nice place to live. And then, you know, it, it sort of kind of worked out. You know what I'm saying? You look at the Phoenix Suns. They played the Lakers with no AD. They played the Denver Nuggets with no Jamal Murray. And they played the Clippers with no Kawhi. So take it for a grain of salt. You can say whatever you want to say. I felt like the Phoenix Suns were handed a shot at the finals. And even though they got to the finals, I was still telling people they're not better than the Bucs. They're just not better than the Bucs. The Bucs have three superior guys compared to compared to Phoenix. Like you can say, okay, Chris Paul and Middleton. Okay, Giannis and Booker. Giannis is better. You say Chris Paul and Middleton. Middleton played better, you know, but you can say that both are even both are a wash. Then you say, OK, DeAndre Ayton and um what's the name? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday had more of an impact. So the Bucks just really had a better team, better bench, better coach, better everything. But Phoenix, they have a chance. They might overpay Chris Paul. They might give Chris Paul a deal and say, you know what, we'll give you a three year one hundred million dollar deal. I don't see Chris Paul getting more than a three year deal. I'm seeing teams offer Chris Paul ninety million three years, sixty million two years. So if he opts out of forty, he's doing it to get more more money, like more long term money. So if he opts out of forty, he's probably going to be getting ninety or a hundred. Kind of like how Al Horford opted out and then got that hundred million hundred million dollar contract and it worked out for you know worked out for him. Uh, Gordon Hayward. Same thing, opted out just to get that extra those extra years and more guaranteed money. All right. It says, I don't want him nowhere near the Lakers. (laughs) I'd rather have Westbrook. Um, I think Bron can make Westbrook take better shots. I don't think Bron can make Westbrook take better shots, but I do think that Westbrook um, will bring a different kind of tenacity to the Lakers. You know, he's definitely going to be that scorer. You know LeBron can kind of like back up, kind of chill, let Westbrook cook, and then fourth quarter, LeBron does his thing. Uh, If a star like Westbrook comes to the Lakers, I see LeBron taking a step back just to preserve his body for the playoffs when it really matters. Um, But LeBron will have to handle a a lot of the ball because Westbrook makes a lot of bad decisions. Now Chris Paul and the Lakers, he can control. He he can control the Lakers, and. It'll be the best thing for Anthony Davis. Chris Paul will be exactly what Anthony Davis needs. He needs a point guard kind of like that. And Rondo was good, but Rondo can't do a lot of the things that Chris Paul can. it um, says, I don't get why Aiton was just getting, uh, letting Giannis run right past him. I definitely could see AD dropping 15 on Aiton too. Yeah, Aiden is a very good center, but he's trying to guard Giannis, who started his career as a point guard. Giannis is more so a point guard or a guard in a big man's body, you know. So Giannis plays the three; he plays the four. There is no center in the NBA. There might not be any center in the world that can guard Giannis one-on-one. You need a guy like AD guarding Giannis. Joel and B does a decent job versus Giannis, but even Joel and B can't guard Giannis. He's just too quick. He's too big. He's too quick. You need a center that's strong. That can move their feet and that's an anchor on 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 the defensive end. So I don't see any center in the NBA that can match up with Giannis. Carl Anthony Towns can't do it. Stephen Adams can't do it. I'm just just going down the line like. There is no <laughs> – Nikolai Jokic will get destroyed. He can't do it. So it's not DeAndre Ayton's fault that he couldn't guard Giannis. Like I said, there is no center in the NBA that can guard Giannis at Atentokounmpo. So it just is what it was, man. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, It happened. And, you know, like they should have doubled Giannis and made Giannis a passer. They didn't do that. They just left Ayton on the island and, you know, Giannis went to work. Even when you play a smaller guy on Giannis – He's strong enough to back them down. You put a bigger guy, he's quick enough to get by them. So it happens. So no lie, I can definitely see uh, LeBron, Melo, and CP3 uniting on the Lakers. I see that as a very possible, possible thing. I tweeted about it today, and I said it as a joke, but I actually kind of meant it because if Chris Paul is opting out of his contract, he wants to go somewhere where he can make a little bit of money. Not only that, he wants to play – with people that he enjoys playing with. And, you know, it's always been a dream of his to play with LeBron, their best friends and Carmelo Anthony. I believe he's a free agent. So if Chris Paul is going to the Lakers, Carmelo might want to, you know, hop on that train and all three can reunite. I think all three can work out to be honest. Um, Even with a guy like Kuzma, you would love to have Kuzma cutting with Chris Paul handling the rock. So it could work if, if somehow, some way, let's say a sign and trade for Dennis Schroeder, you know, well, I really don't even know how this how this could work because the Lakers don't really have a lot of money. So if Chris Paul is opting out and coming to the Lakers, that means he's not taking he's not going to be getting a lot of money. All the Lakers have to work with is the mid level exception, and that's if Montrezl Harrell does not opt out. If Montrezl Harrell stays and Chris Paul is coming to the Lakers for for a vet minimum, I just don't see how that works. So. I'll let the contract stuff work its uh, way out. Uh, I'll just kind of see what the experts are saying when that time comes. But uh, some interesting things can definitely happen. It says, um, what are we going to do with Trez and Drummond? Trez has a player option. Trez can opt out of his $9 million contract and become a free agent. Trez owes us nothing. He owes the Lakers nothing. So Trez can opt out and, and bounce. Drummond is a free agent. He can go wherever he wants to go. You know, I think he loves it in L.A. I think all the Lakers can offer is a veterans minimum. I think Drummond is going to go to a place where he can play. Frank Vogel is a terrible offensive coach. He didn't know how to use Trez. He didn't know how to use Drummond. And I think the Lakers are going to lose out on both guys. Now, if a guy like Chris Paul comes to the Lakers, Trez might be intrigued because now you have a point guard that can work a legit pick and roll with him. You know, so Chris Paul is the key to retention of a lot of our bigs. If Chris Paul comes, Drummond might take that veteran minimum deal one more time. Montrezl might say, you know what? I'll opt in. So we'll see what happens there. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Now I'm going to switch uh, gears for a little bit. I'm going to uh, talk about some football and I'm going to kind of relay this to my favorite team, which is the Washington football team. So, um, a guy by the, by the name of Fred Warner got paid today. And Fred Warner is an inside linebacker. And, the, I mean, the, the guy is amazing. I think, he, I think he got an extension for $95 million. And 40-plus of that is guaranteed. I'm going to get to the specifics in just a minute. So it was a five-year extension. How is it that the 49ers are able to pay All their top guys, Kerry Kittles, I mean, I say Kerry Kittles, George Kittles (laughs) got paid. You know what I'm saying? George Kittle is the highest paid tight end. Trent Williams is the highest paid left tackle. Now Fred Warner agrees to a five-year $95 million extension, and he becomes the highest paid linebacker in the league. It's just crazy to me. You know, I'm going to share my screen in a minute. I'm going to pull up some stats, and uh, I'm going to kind of get into – what Fred Warner does and how this can relate to other linebackers that are about to get paid, especially one by the name of Jamin Davis. I'm going to kind of relay. I'm going to kind of talk about Jamin Davis who has not played a snap yet. And I'm going to talk about Fred Warner. And I'm going to talk about the guy from the Colts. So this 49ers got that Brooklyn Nets bag. Yeah. Yeah. They got a bag. I don't know how they're able to pay everybody. But you know what? The Niners can do that because they traded three first round picks to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance has to work out in order for the 49ers to to have some success, because now you've put all your fate in a rookie. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to start. You know, he's going to get the bulk of uh, the work to start the season. And if they feel that Trey Lance should play, then they bring in Trey Lance. It might be like an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes type changing of the guard for them, but um, it's amazing that they're able to pay everybody. So you have the highest paid left tackle, highest paid tight end, highest paid middle linebacker. you got a great defensive line. People are going to start to come up. You know what I'm saying? Joey Bosa. I mean, not Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa, he's going to be due for some money. Uh, You know, soon, you know, maybe he's like a year or two away uh, from big time money. But that's a lot of money. And I'm not sure that, you know, this money goes round. (laughs) I am not sure this money goes round. Um, uh Oh, some sad news Uh, just coming in from Woj. It says the Atlanta Hawks center, Onyeka Okongu, the sixth pick overall of the 2020 NBA draft. Underwent surgery to repair his torn right shoulder labrum on Wednesday and will miss approximately six months. Yikes! You yeah, know, was a great player um, um, out of Chino Hills. He actually played with Lonzo Ball. He probably he, he played with uh, with the Ball brothers. And um, you know, it's just sad news. It's sad news that that he's going to miss six months. But um, you know, wish him the best. Wish him a speedy recovery. But let's go ahead and get into um, Fred Warner real quick. Fred Warner. Let me see. He says, I want Rodgers on the 49ers. Rodgers on the 49ers would work, but I think they've invested too much in Trey Lance to get a Aaron Rodgers. So I really don't know how an Aaron Rodgers deal would work maybe they trade Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe two first round picks to get Rodgers but it just doesn't make any sense investing three first round picks in a rookie to move up in the draft to now get Rodgers if they add a rod if they add Rodgers without losing anything they win the title hands down but um 2018 Fred Warner was drafted and he had 124 tackles 39 of those was were assisted 2019, his second season, he had 118 tackles, three sacks, one INT, and a touchdown, a 46-yard touchdown, okay? Then 2020, 125 tackles, 46 of those were assisted, one sack, two INTs. So this is elite production, and this guy has only played three seasons. So in three seasons, he has amassed 367 tackles. That's amazing. 4 sacks. You know, like the interior guys don't get a lot of sacks, but 4 sacks and then um 3 interceptions, one touchdown. Those are great numbers. <laughs> and when I pull up his um the rest of his accolades, I believe that he's an all-pro. So when you say how was this guy able to get uh, 95 million dollars. <laughs> that's why 360 plus tackles in three years. So any young player that's in high school right now or in college that's watching the show or that's going to watch the replay. Look, if you want to get big time money, you got to do big time things. You got to produce. And it's the NFL is all about what have you done for me lately? You know, when you look at Fred Warner, he's 24 years old can't beat that. He's 6'3", 230 pounds. Um, he was a third-round pick, a third-round pick in 2018, pick 70 overall from BYU. I mean, it does not matter what round you get drafted in. You see what I'm saying? It's all about production. And in his third season, he made the Pro Bowl and the, the first-team All-Pro. So when you first-team All-Pro, you get paid. Now, for the Washington football fans that are, that are going to be watching the show and watching the replay – You ask yourself, you have Brandon Sheriff, who's now an all-pro. Why is it that he's not getting the same kind of respect that Fred Warner's getting? Obviously, it's two different positions. Obviously, guards do not get paid. But check this out, though. But you got to say that he's an all-pro, right? If we're going to base Fred Warner getting paid off of because he was an all-pro, because he was a pro bowler, well, Brandon Sheriff, pro bowler, all-pro, is just how the cookie crumbles. Brandon Sheriff he gets hurt. The injuries, the age, the upside, all all of those things are not there. But Brandon Sheriff is top two at his position. You can kind of argue that Brandon Sheriff is top two, top three at that guard position. But guess what? Quentin Nelson has not gotten paid yet. Nobody in their right mind would make Brandon Sheriff the highest paid. Guard. Well, actually, if you're smart, you want to get a Brandon Sheriff deal done. If Brandon Sheriff is your guy, you want to get the Brandon Sheriff deal done. Because guess what? When Quentin Nelson gets paid, then that's only going to drive Brandon Sheriff's value even higher. As of right now, Brandon Sheriff is playing that franchise tag out for the second year in a row at $18 million. So that's his base. He's not going to go lower than $18 million a year. So maybe some team out there pays Brandon Sheriff a contract of twenty million dollars a year. I just don't see how that happens for a guard. But you know, it's 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 a it's a chess match right now. If the Colts were smart, they would extend Quentin Nelson right away. <laughs> extend Quentin Nelson right away. That way you don't have to worry about that again. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna pull up another um, another linebacker. And I'm going to try to paint a picture here for Washington football fans on what it means when players play um, exceptionally. They deserve to get paid. The Washington football team, have they have tons and tons of players that are going to ball out, not just this season, for years to come. And when it comes time to, you know, for for, you know, working out a deal or paying people, you want to do it before that Pro Bowl season. You you kind of have to guess. You kind of have to bet on yourself. Like, for example, Terry McLaurin is due to get paid. He's due to get paid. And it'll be nice. It'll be nice to get the deal done before this season or after next season most definitely because if you wait for free agency, oh, it can get ugly. It can get ugly. Look at uh, Allen Robinson right now and what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? So, For Allen Robinson, he's winning because he's getting paid. But guess what? Teams now have to spend more money when you don't get deals done quickly. Another guy I want to talk about is Darius Leonard. You know, 6'2", 230 pounds, inside linebacker. He can do it all. I'm pretty sure he can play some outside linebacker as well. But he was drafted in 2018, and in that first year, won the rookie of the year. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro in 2018 and 2020. You know, he's second-team All-Pro in 2019. So every single season this guy has been in the NFL, he's been All-Pro, 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 whether it's first-team or second-team, okay? He was a sack – I mean, he was the tackle's leader in 2018. And, you know, he's been doing all these great things, even in college. He was a second-round pick, pick 36 overall. So what I'm trying to say is Fred Warner is probably getting um given the 49ers a discount. You think 45 I mean $95 million is a lot? Darius Leonard is going to get more money than Fred Warner. That's a guarantee. That is a I can guarantee you that. Because Darius Leonard is one of my fave uh Colts. Yeah, he's he's amazing, man. He's amazing. And, and and it's crazy that he didn't go in the first round. It's crazy how linebackers are overlooked sometimes in the draft and when they do go in the draft, they go from like pick 20 down. And every now and then you get you know, you like you get those Devin Bush in the first round, you get those um Devin White's in the first round, but sometimes if your eyes is open and if you a great scouter, you can get you a guy like Darius Leonard in the second round. So here's a guy. I'm going to pull up his stats. So for him to have all pro, all pro, all pro, and Fred Warner is a one-time all pro. You know what I'm saying? Like the numbers, the stats are comparable. The stats are comparable. Um, but I think this guy is about to get paid. You hear me? It's about to get paid. He has 366 tackles for his career. He has 15 sacks, nine forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, seven interceptions, (laughs) 22 pass deflections. Wait a minute. It says 10 defensive touchdowns. I don't know if I can trust this. I I think somebody was having fun, uh, you know, there's no way he has 10 defensive touchdowns. That that has to be fake. That has to be so fake, man. These guys have made me so mad. Uh, Wikipedia, never use Wikipedia, man. There's no way he has 10 defensive touchdowns. And if he does, I'll say wow because I don't watch Darius Leonard. But the, I can guarantee I can almost guarantee there's no way he has 10 defensive touchdowns. Now I'm going to use nfl.com. I think <laughs> nfl.com is more uh more safe (laughs) so disregard what i said about 10 defensive touchdowns somebody was playing tricks on wikipedia there's just no way there's just no way i'm not look i'm not gonna agree to that until i see it with my own two eyes so we're gonna pull up the stats for darius leonard and we're gonna go through it um so his rookie season this guy had 145 tackles hundred and forty five tackles in his rookie season. OK. 93 of those were solo tackles. And this is a guy people said, you know what? He's smaller. He's on a smallish uh, side of things, you know, kind of like Jamin Davis. I'm just saying. So this guy is kind of small. You know, they don't know if he can tackle. And I think because of his size was why he he failed to the second round. Um, seven sacks. You can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? Two pass defense. And for the record, correction because Wikipedia lied, um he he has one touchdown. Maybe I saw one 1.0 and said 10. I don't know. They they made me match. So I'm not even going to go back and, and uh and and uh, check on that, but um you can kind of see why why Darius Leonard is about to get paid. Ladarius is asking, is Sherman still on the 49ers? Um, He's a free agent. He's a free agent. And with the situation that just happened, I don't think that Sherman plays football this season. Maybe um, he works something out. I mean, he still has to go through Goodell and they have to clear him and everything. But no, Sherman is a free agent right now. And um, he was actually waiting to be signed. And I really don't even, I didn't really even go into all the details of how, you know, what, what happened to him. It's just, it's just sad, man. I hope that he gets the help that he needs, but yes, Sherman is not on the 49ers currently, but back to Darius, Darius Leonard, man, I, I gotta, I gotta keep looking at this because a lot of Washington fans are saying Jamin Davis for rookie of the year. To get rookie of the year, Jamie Davis will have to be top 10 in tackles in the in, in in the NFL, period. I'm not saying he has to get 145 tackles, but he has to be in that 120 type range to even be in the conversation of defensive player of the year. I mean, rookie of the year, but you know, then again, if all the other rookies, you know, all depends on, I guess all the rookies combined. So, but Jamie Davis definitely has a shot. He has a shot, you know. Um, but man, these Darius Leonard numbers are just are just amazing, man. 145 tackles and seven sacks. And you see why he made the all-pro team. I mean, you're seeing it. You're seeing why he's gonna he's gonna shatter 95 million. 95 million dollars is nothing. Like I said, 49ers, they did great paying their guy now rather than later. You know, in year after year three, you pay your guy. So hopefully Washington pays Terry McLaurin after year three. I would love to see it done now, but I guess after year three, then you can go ahead and extend your guy. It's better to do it after year three than waiting for year four, especially guys like Warner, who doesn't have that first round pedigree, who doesn't have, they they don't have that option of giving him that, you know, that fifth year option. So you got to kind of pay your guys now. Then waiting for after year four, free agency and all of that, you know, it gets it gets crazy. So year two for Leonard, you know, ninety nine uh, total tackles, which is not bad. I read something different on Wikipedia, but I guess ninety nine is probably more accurate. That's probably why he was second team All Pro his second year. Um, he had five uh, sacks, and he, but he also had five interceptions. So that's deserving of all pro, whether it's first or second, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure somebody, you know, outplayed him in 2019. I don't feel like looking it up, you know, and then he only played 13 games as well. So that's probably why he didn't get that um, get that over 100 uh, sacks, things of that nature. But 99 tackles, five sacks and five INTs for a middle linebacker right inside linebacker that's amazing and he had a touchdown he had a touchdown and i'm seeing touchdown yards i mean or i guess yards after uh, ints was 92 but i mean that's just that's just amazing i'm just uh i'm just amazed i'm amazed and then in 2020 he had 122 tackles um he had three sacks he had seven pass defense so he defends a lot of passes so not only is he a great inside linebacker? Not only is he a great tackler, he's also a great coverage linebacker, and that's something that you cannot uh, take for granted. It's hard to get these guys that can cover tight ends. Darius Leonard is like one of the best, if not the best, linebackers, and then there's so many great ones. Devin White is another one. I love me some Devin White. He Devin White is awesome, and we saw how great he was in the Super Bowl. You need these quarterbacks of the defenses if you want to have any success. So now, back to how this ties in with Washington football. So you guys are saying Jamin Davis, defensive rookie of the year. And you see what it takes to be a defensive rookie of the year. You can't compare him to Chase Young because those are two different positions. Like I've said, the number has to be at least 120 tackles. Because there's going to be other guys, there's going to be other defenders, other linebackers that are going to produce, and they're going to want to say, "Hey, I'm better than Jamie Davis," but Jamie Davis under this defense, uh, this defensive scheme with the oh man, with that defensive line, Big Matt, Settle, Payne, Allen, Chase, and Sweat on the outside, things can get fun. Things can get fun for this defense. So a lot can happen. I can happen. I'm not saying that Jamie Davis doesn't win the rookie of the year, but I just want people to kind of see what it takes. Now, if Jamie Davis does win rookie of the year, guess what? You're already setting up yourself for greatness. That means you have to produce. You have to outproduce that every single year. Now, he can win defensive rookie of the year and still not be an all-pro, and that's totally fine. You don't have to be a Darius Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has to be who they are. But what I'm saying is you guys see uh, Darius Leonard's numbers. You guys see Fred Warner's numbers. And let's say that Jamie Davis is producing like this—maybe not exactly, but producing like this. Then I mean, guess what? That's a that's another first rounder that's about to get paid. So it's like, how do you keep all these first rounders, or how do you keep all this talent? Because sometimes you find guys like Antonio Gibson in the third, Terry McLaurin in the third. Hopefully, De'Ami Brown follows, you know, that same that same vibe, that same vibe, and continue to produce. So, man, a lot can happen. The Washington football team definitely has some have some decisions to make. Training camp is starting, man. Training camp is starting, and we we, we have all been waiting for it. You know, we want to see what happens with Landon Collins. You know, we want to see what happens with Camp Curl. You know, is there going to be a battle? You know, are we going to see more, you know, um, – safeties, then linebackers on the field. And it's like, what are the football team going to do with linebacker depth? I know I've talked about this in previous videos. I've talked about this in in previous podcasts, but there's a lot of decisions to be made, a lot of decisions to be made. What happens at wide receiver? Wide receiver is going to be an interesting, interesting camp because you got guys like Harmon and Sims and AGG who are all similar. So what happens there? What happens with Adam Humphreys? What happens with Steven Sims? Uh, hey, a lot of us Washington fans are tired of Steven Sims Jr., and who knows what happens. I can't really say I know what's about to happen. An injury or two can change the entire dynamics of everything. Look at Cam Akers. Look at what happened to him. And this is why I say teams should draft running backs every two years. They drafted uh, Daryl Henderson and, you know what I'm saying, the next year they drafted Cam Akers and everybody was like, Are they crazy? Are they crazy? No, running back is a position that you got to continue to draft and continue to draft and continue to draft. Why? Because you can't trust those guys. You know, as much as I love Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team, guess what? Next year you might want to draft another running back or in the or next couple of years, draft another running back. It's a position that doesn't last anymore. I'd rather have an elite wide receiver then have an elite to running back just because you don't even know how many years these running backs can last. Look at Saquon Barkley. He was taken so high in the draft and he has not paid off yet for the Giants. And guess what? They got to pick up his fifth year option because they invested so much draft capital in terms of where they drafted him at. They could have traded back and gotten more value that can help their team. Maybe they could have gotten some guys that could help that Giants team in the trenches, you know what I'm saying, but no, you want to you want to draft a running back in the top five. You know it's 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 crazy to me. You know, but guess what? There are some running backs that are special, and everybody was looking at Saquon Barkley as being that next Adrian Peterson type kind of guy. You know, but it just is what it is. Speaking of Adrian Peterson, he still wants to play. Does he go to the Rams? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he goes to the Rams. Maybe he fixes that team. Who knows? Who knows? But Adrian Peterson is so close to passing that next uh, 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 back. And I think he's so close to passing Barry Sanders, you know, Um, but. I'm just excited that football is coming back. Football is coming back. And, um, you know, I'm excited for my Washington football team. I think this is a year that we do something special. Everybody is afraid of Fitzpatrick. I've been seeing a lot of chatter in the fantasy world. What do you do with Fitzpatrick? Is Fitzpatrick the guy? Is Fitzpatrick this? Do you think that Fitzpatrick has the best career he's ever had? Do you think that Fitzpatrick cracks 30 touchdowns this year? I don't know. I don't know if he cracks 30. You know, somebody was showing me the stats. I think it was George Carmi. He says the last Washington football team quarterback, to have thirty plus touchdowns, or to have to, to even crack thirty, was like so many years ago. It might have even been been in the sixties. I, I I can't even think. I can't even remember. But um, so I don't think that Fitzpatrick cracks thirty. Thirty is a tough number. Um, twenty seven would be great. I think twenty seven is perfect. I think the twenty four is probably safe. Um. You know, I did my offensive uh, predictions, my offensive uh, skilled. Uh, my I ranked my top seven offensive skill uh, players. Yo, we got T Ho in the building, man. You came right in time. I'm at the um, Washington Football Talk at this point of of the podcast. So, yeah, hop on in, uh, chime in. Any questions? You have any concerns? But um, you know. Just kind of just free, just kind of free flowing right now. And uh, as I say that, my face is fading. <laughs> my face is fading on this uh, on this stream right now. It's, it's it's crazy. I'm gonna have to adjust myself. Yeah, you know, I don't think you guys really care about my face, anyways. But um, you know, we're just talking Washington football, man. Training camp is coming up. Um, back to Fitzpatrick. You know, does Taylor Heineke have enough? to push Fitzpatrick I think they brought Fitzpatrick here for a reason I think that Fitzpatrick is great for a guy like Terry McLaurin to be honest I just think it's a win-win uh scenario if you have Terry McLaurin uh happy you know because he's a guy that you got to pay and I don't I don't know if um Taylor Heineke does enough I mean we've we've seen a small sample size you know we know who Fitzpatrick is We get it, you know, gunslinger, he's going to come in here, throw the ball, sling the ball, that kind of thing. But does he does he have enough? Does he have enough? That's what it all boils down to. Um, Let me see the comments. t says, are we going to keep Adam Humphreys? Because I heard rumors that we are going to trade him. Um. I think those rumors are false. I have not seen any uh rumors about trading Adam Humphreys. And this is why. Adam Humphreys is on a one-year deal. He can be cut and he can choose whatever team he wants to go to. I don't think anybody trades any assets for a guy that you can get for free. Adam Humphreys is a guy that's very replaceable. You know, he's not a guy that that people are going to want to go trade for now. If you're talking Antonio Gandy Golden, or if you're talking a guy like um, even Kelvin Harmon, those are guys that could possibly get traded. You know, those are guys that people would actually want to go and trade for because of the upside there. Adam Humphries is just a nice veteran. I like, think about this. Every team in the NFL had a chance to sign Adam Humphries. Okay. Obviously, Adam Humphreys decided to sign with Washington, but if people wanted Adam Humphreys, <laughs> they would have you know, signed him in free agency. That's all I'm trying to say, respectfully. So, yeah, I think those rumors are false. But Adam Humphreys is a guy that can possibly be in a bubble. I don't see Adam Humphreys possibly making a team. I mean, he has a chance to make a team, but it's not a, it's not a guarantee. I don't think it's a guarantee. If Dax Mill outplays Humphreys, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things can happen. With Adam Humphrey, so he's not—he's not necessarily a guy that's a lot to make the team, and he has that issue with injuries. He has that issue with, with you know, concussions and things of that nature. So, he says um, T.O. says, we have two great vets, uh, Curtis and Adam. Yes, I love Curtis Samuel. I, did, I think I did my prediction, and I had him at about 800 yards receiving and somebody was saying oh if you're paying him that much money he needs to give you more than 800 think about it targets have to be spread right if terry is to have a thousand yards or i predicted terry for 1400 okay so if i predict terry for 1400 there's just no way that curtis can have a thousand it's possible it's possible that Terry doesn't even get close to 1,400, but that's just kind of what I see. That's kind of how I based my my uh, my mini prediction. But I also had uh, Curtis at uh, 200 yards uh, rushing, but somebody said that number was too small. So I really don't know what people are expecting from the Washington football team offense this year, but um, Fitzpatrick is a guy that I see around Let's just say 3,800 yards passing. So, if that's 3,800 yards passing, who's catching the passes? You got Logan Thomas out there. He'll have a role. You have JD McKissick out there. He'll 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 have a role. So, you have all these different guys. So, um, we'll see. Tio says, "I'm sure Samuel and Adams will make the team." Um, we'll, hey, we will definitely see. Like I said, I'm I'm not so sure that Adam Humphreys is a lock, but we'll see. I'm probably wrong, but um, we shall see what happens. Um, I just feel like we drafted some young guys that can play. We drafted them for a reason. Even guys like AGG was drafted by this regime. So, you know, it's all about having your guys and things of that nature. Adam Humphries is on a one-year deal. If a younger guy comes in and, and outplays him, why not go with the guy that you've invested draft capital in that can, you know, help shape the future? this offense so it's gonna be a lot of moving parts lots of moving pieces players that i'm excited to see this year coming back Landon collins i know a lot of people don't like Landon collins i'm excited to see him i'm excited to see if he's gonna play at a at a great level i'm not saying pro bowl or all pro level i'm just saying at a decent to great level or good decent to good even Um, i'll take that and maybe he's a piece that you can move via trade even if it's for a fifth round pick at the trade deadline or a sixth round pick at the, at the trade deadline, instead of just cutting him next year, who knows? But nobody's trading for that um, for that contract. But I'm just saying, if he just if he just balling out and he's not part of the future, then you might as well just you know move on from him. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued. Big Matt Idonis, I'm glad that he's back. I posted something on the Back Row Redskins Show Twitter. That's Back Pro Redskins. Y'all check that out. And the post kind of went crazy. People were, you know, retweeting it, reposting it. And um, he's expected to have a big season. He's literally, you can argue and say that Matt Aydonis is the best uh, interior pass rusher. I'm not talking about an overall defensive tackle play. I'm talking about in terms of pass rush ability, that bull rush, that strength, that um, He's amazing. He's amazing. I and I think he's one of the strongest guys on the team. Speaking of stronger, the strongest guys on the team, you guys go check out the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I put up a, a video of uh, Wes Schweitzer and his crazy, insane workouts. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, if you guys have seen it, but it's 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 up on Twitter. I mean, on uh, YouTube right now. It's live. Y'all go check out Wes Schweitzer and his workout regime. It's crazy. He does things that are mind blowing. You know, he's, he's another strong guy. So I, I look camp is going to be so fun watching West versus Matt watching uh, Payne versus um, flowers. Those are some big boys. That's the, those are some big boys. Now the tackles, I don't think either one of our tackles will have a chance versus Montez sweat and chase, but they're going to hold their own. um, You know, the rookie, uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, man. I, I'm just excited for the season. Um, I, I'm just more so um, intrigued at this moment in time, the matchups in camp between offense versus defense. You got St. Juice who talks so much trash. He's ready ready to take on Terry. And I am looking forward to that. That's going to be a, a matchup that, that that that's going to be prime time. Prime time St. Juice and Terry. Of course, Terry is going to, try to abuse the rookie, but the rookie has shown that, you know, he can do some things. He can do some things, you know, and with St. Juice and uh, William Jackson, the third, that's definitely going to um, help to uh, spoof things up for us. So I, look, I'm loving that. I'm loving that aspect of the defense. Uh, we definitely need corners out there that are going to fight in battle because the NFC East, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay. I mean, AFC has got some receivers. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. I can go on and on and on. So you definitely need corners. So definitely looking for a St. Jude versus Terry in camp. Preseason is going to be great. Just a lot of great things happening. But um, the next video I want to be dropping on YouTube will be the defensive playmakers for the Washington football team. I'm going to kind of rank them from – maybe i might be able to get 10. when i when i did offense i was only able to get seven playmakers but on defense i'm pretty sure i can get 10 so i I'll, I'll start from 10 and i'll work my way up to 1. um so you guys look out for that on the talking sports with Manny YouTube channel. so guys this is my time. i hope you guys enjoyed this joint podcast. um half of this audio will be going to the talking sports with Manny. um podcast and then the other half will be going to the back row redskins show podcast so i will catch you guys on the next video for those of you guys that are watching on youtube please like please subscribe please share as i continue to bring you guys the best topics in sports from fantasy football to nba to washington football lakers wizards just whatever you like. This is a buffet. Pick what you like. Um, So please like, please subscribe, please share. And for those of you guys that are listening to the audio version, I appreciate you guys. Head on over to uh, YouTube, support your boy, like the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I do produce a lot of Washington football content. And until next time, you guys be blessed and you guys be safe. I will catch you guys on the next video and I'm out. Peace.